commence the show. Let's get those share buttons hit, Nick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Can you hit that share button, dude? DJJ rip on the ones and twos. Nick, do you like my house music here? There he goes. <laughs> what is up, everybody? I don't know. This is, I, I do kind of like this a little bit. Who nice, is this? Got a nice background beat to it. This is Sin Cole. Sin Cole. With a Y. Title to track is Feel Good. I got. Um, Does this song make you feel good? Yeah, for Saturday morning. Yeah, Get you up a little bit. Yeah, um, it's not you know not my typical music, but I've been trying to get back into like the the music scene a little bit and kind of see what's going on out there and see what's what's hot right now in the streets. And so I I got an Alexa. Oh, you got Alexa? Huh? Do you have an Alexa? I I don't have Alexa. So you you have to. I know. I, I'm just letting it background. You have to pop here. that. I'm letting it background. All right. Here. I don't know yeah. if you're doing it the right yeah, way yeah, or yeah. not. I'm letting it background. You usually don't do it the right I way. Know. I'll, so I'll I, yeah, I got an Alexa. Alexa is the best thing ever, dude. It's the best thing ever because I use it if I'm working from home. I use it and I can say, play. I, I don't know. I, I actually haven't tested if you can say t- play from the Hill podcast because it is on Apple yes yeah, so, podcast. But I think they pull it from iHeartRadio or well, it depends on what you say. Amazon Music. To. So let me ask you. So I have Alexa because of course you do. W- everyone has Alexa if you have Windows, right? Oops, sorry. So yeah. when I'm playing Xbox, if I want to record a clip, I just say, "Hey Alexa, record that." Right. And it will record. So what form of Alexa do you have? You have like a stand-up speaker, it's an Echo Dot. Echo, oh yeah, so like it's in the corner, just listening to you all the time. Yeah. So when you talk like about, you know, you. I know, I know. If you well, feel like you're losing your hair, and then you get on Google, and then there's all these hair losses. <laughs> that's that's probably true. About it. That's probably true. That's a weird part about it, but it's not like I'm sharing like intelligence secrets in my house, though. I'm no, really it's like it's it. like where you're gonna get your golf clubs from and stuff like that. So what? Yeah, no, it's fine. Listen, if I if, if I want to get golf clubs and I mention it to Amanda, and then I see something come in my email about a cheap deal on golf clubs. That's good for me. Yeah. Alexa told him, she said, I don't need a coupon. It's a gift and a curse, I guess. Yeah. But I love it so far because I'll be sitting there and I'm just like, Alexa play, you know, the way I started getting into the Alexa thing was I'll say play billboard top 100. And that's how I start. I'm starting to find out like what's out there in music. What's and hot. I keep finding myself saying Alexa next song because all this, I really don't like a lot of the stuff out there. So, but that was decent, but it's not something that you would hear on the radio. Right. No, well, that, that's not. So I've been stealing, I'll be honest, um, I'm a pirate with music, but who isn't, right? I've been stealing a lot of music from uh, YouTube content pr- uh, creators and providers because I really like their background music. It's good to play in the background. They do it a lot to the videos. Right. So like, I steal it a lot. I steal it a lot. I mean, <clears throat> speaking of like Hot 100 right now, like here's your most popular song right now on the Billboard charts. It's just Ariana Grande. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. I'm I see I would say Alexa next. See the problem is 
Well, so is she. She's saying thank you next, right? Yeah. So the problem, the problem with that song is, if you listen to it enough, it's really catchy. Like it'll get stuck in your head, but it's a bad song. It's a terrible song. She has good songs though. A couple, right. a couple. <laughs> so, thanks everybody for hopping on. As always, if you can do us a favor, click the subscribe button on YouTube and the iTunes podcast application. If you're on the live feed, please click the share button. Leave us a like. Leave us a thumbs up. Share with your friends. Please, as you see, Ross is already doing. Please comment in the uh, section below there. We will respond real time. So I did mention that we were going to be um, updating our stream format uh, and getting some more interactivity, like taking calls here at the new Camelot. I'm close on that end. It's just not quite ready. Uh, I got a couple people that I have helping me out on the design side. So uh, we're working through the kinks. Hopefully by next show, we'll have that up and ready. I think you guys are really going to like that. But for now, we're just going old school. But we got a lot of sports to talk about, too. Traditional. Huh? Yeah. This is the traditional. This is the now. traditional. <clears throat> so but before we talk sports, this is something that I actually brought up at the end of last year when uh, From the Hill took a little hiatus due to illness. <laughs> <laughs> we were wiped out. Yeah. So... I brought it up, and I talked to a lot of people about it, and uh, everybody has a differing opinion on it, so <clears throat> I wanted to bring it to Nick's attention for, to start today. I watched the new Mission Impossible, and I genuinely enjoyed it, and I, I like most of those movies. I think they're well done, um, and Tom Cruise is getting up there, right, in age, but he's still, I mean, he is the, that character, Ethan Hunt, in Mission Impossible. So I was thinking in my head, I'm like, man, Tom Cruise has a lot of good movies where he is the star of the movie and drives the movie. Can, can I name a, a lead actor from our generation with a better catalog than Tom Cruise? And I don't know. I have a hard time doing it. Yeah, and so we were supposed to talk about this last week, and we ended up getting so many calls that we didn't get into it really. But I refute your theory that Tom Cruise is like this great actor. I don't, I don't really know what you're basing this on. If it's like movies that you would want to go see. So personally for me, I've seen – parts of the first mission impossible but i'm like i'm not a huge fan of the series but off the top of my head when you said tom cruise has this like crazy catalog there were four other guys that i thought of off the top of my head and i i didn't you know this is a pretty with the exception of a few people this is kind of a male dominated thing i went into just the actors not so much the actresses but there were four guys off the top of my head that came up that i thought when their movies come out I go see their movies or I want to see their movies and I eventually get to them on HBO or on demand. Okay. Well hit me with it. Who you got? All right. So there there's one, there's one overall that I think is taken over and that could definitely, you could definitely say a hundred percent has, has is above Tom Cruise. Okay. Who you got? All right. So the first one, and I think all these guys do really, the first one is Denzel. Okay, so uh, that is always the first name that comes up, and that's the name that I won't argue with you about. Dude, Zell's the man. His catalog is amazing. First off, Man on Fire is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Um, so speaking of him. And, and I don't even have that. So I have like highlighted stuff. But these are like my favorite movies. Did you see guys. Equalizer 2? I mean, did you see Equalizer 2? I didn't even see the Dude, Equalizer you, 1. Oh yet. my, are you kidding me? I the, didn't. They're so good. I know. I've heard. They're just like Man on Fire Part 2 and Part 3. Like they're, they're amazing. When you have listen when you have a sequel with a guy like Denzel it means the first one was good I should have seen it but I didn't I'll actually I will watch that I will try to watch that this weekend yeah you need to uh actually I think I may uh own that digitally I might be able to share it with you on my direct tv package if you want to watch it for free <laughs> I'll find it um, I can find it so on, 
It, all my things. Denzel, Denzel, so Denzel is there. So listen, Agreed. listen, no listen to Denzel's his works, there. okay? All right, and this is kind of like in chronological order because I went to their IMDb's, obviously. Glory, Malcolm X, Philadelphia, Pelican Grief, Pelican Grief, Pelican Brief, Crimson Tide, He Got Game, Siege, Bone Collector, Hurricane. Remember the Titans is a, is a highlighted one for me because that's my favorite sports movie of all time. Classic. It's up there with, with Major League. Okay. Training Day, uh, an all-timer, right? Amazing. Uh, John Q. For me, Great I movie. love that. I love that movie. Great I know, movie. you know, it's a heart trainer. It'll pull yeah, those definitely. Heart Antoine Fisher, which I never saw. Man on Fire is really good. Man on Inside Man is really good. Inside Man is underrated, futuristic type of uh, of, of bank robbery. That's a highlighted on one for me. Yeah. One of my favorites. American Gangster was okay, but it was one I went to see in theaters. That movie let me down. It did, but it was one that you went to see in theaters because you you yeah. were really excited. The previews for that movie were better than the movie, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But the, it, it did produce a good soundtrack by Jay-Z. Sure. Oh, I mean, it, it was a good premise. It just... Pelham 1, 2, 3, underrated movie. Yeah. Now, John Travolta's great. That was a remake. Yeah. But, you know, James Gandolfini's in it. Denzel's in it. Tra- Travolta's in it. I enjoyed that movie. It's like kind of the one it's of It's entertaining. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Equalizer I have in... And Fences, which I didn't see. I didn't see Fences yet, but apparently it's about... I, there's a baseball aspect to it, but I don't I know. I haven't seen Fences either. It, it won some awards, or it was up for awards and stuff like that. I'm going to see it eventually. Well, Denzel, so Denzel's catalog okay. is up there. Let me. So, we, I got to go Joe, for take, everybody. Yeah. Let me, because I didn't put out the Tom Cruise catalog, right? Because right. I think sometimes we people forget about the longevity and the breadth of roles that Tom Cruise has played. So, obviously, I mentioned uh, the um, Mission Possibles, right? And they've been going on for what, 20 years now. Uh, and I enjoy all of them, except maybe three, three wasn't great, but they're all very good. And I'm, I'm an action kind of guy like James Bond movies and stuff like that. So Top Gun, amazing, right? Yeah. But it's kind of like hokey. It's, Dude, all, it, it's almost like a caricature type movie. You're going to argue about Top Gun. That movie's great. It's lame. Jerry Maguire, all time classic. Okay. A, a few good men is an amazing movie. Okay. Uh, American Made is a newer one that he just did, which if you haven't seen, you need to check out. That movie's amazing. It's about a drug trafficker working for the U.S. government covertly bring, like, on trade routes between Colombia and like Louisiana. Amazing. That's a newer one of his, by the way, too. Edge of Tomorrow with Emily Blunt, who I'm a huge fan of. Minority Report, underrated movie. Uh, I already said A Few Good Men. Uh, the Last Samurai, another underrated movie. He's very oh, good. Come in. on. That's a great movie. Stop. That's a great movie. And he's got, and, and that's just the tip of his catalog, right? Like, I don't want to go through all of it, but the breadth of what he covers is. He know, does a lot of action stuff. He's an act, more of an action, but so does Denzel. But like, I mean, look he, at what Denzel's best roles are when he's that action guy, that, that badass. Yeah, I guess so. But, but I'm talking more like high speed chases, diving off of buildings, well, that's that Ethan type Hunt. of stuff. Yeah, that's Mission Impossible. That's Jack yeah. Reacher. You watch another that? One, Jack Reacher. I heard that was lame. <laughs> it's entertaining. He's more like a quiet badass in that one. I, I, I get what you're saying. Like he, he's been around for a long time, and I think anybody that can stay around for that long, obviously they, they, there's, some, there's some quality to their work, and there's some watchability to the, the movies that they put out. But I, think, you know, I just think there's other guys ahead of him, and Denzel was the first one that popped into my mind. Now there's, so before there's you name, another one. Before you name your next ones, yeah. I did peek at your list. And I saw your next name. I knew he was going to be next. I didn't see your next two. Stop, stop peeking. I, I was just name. looking. I didn't mean to. I, I, I saw. But I knew you were going to say him. And I'm, I'll, or I'll, I'll parry with you about this guy. Um, but do you have Will Smith in your list? No. Not enough, right? And recently he's been. That's actually a good name because 
at, there was a time, there was a time probably 10 years ago when he was the guy. He I would was, say, you know, I, I would say eight years ago, he was the biggest actor on the planet. For, yeah. For a stretch. So after bad boys, like coming out of bad boys and he went, did like, uh, I am legend. And, yeah. That was and those, good. like those movies. I mean, he was uh, the man like men in black too. Right. Like he was the man. That was a guy that when, when his movies came out, you were going to see them. Yes. Like that was, um, those were must see movies. Yep. And there was a lot of hype and buildup. I don't know who that person is now. Who is that person now? That's a good That's question. like kind of in that age group where Will Smith was. Well, what kind of movies like that are coming out now? I mean, we've talked about this before. Now it's a lot of like Avengers Part 10 and the next I know, Marvel and movie. That's, and that's kind of what I'm The s- remake of Jurassic Park. I mean, Chris Pratt's kind of a big star. You know, oh, we know who it is, dude. It's kind of, we, we already talked about this before. It's The Rock. It is, but he's it's also, he, listen, he's also not in like that. 25 to 35 year old category he's like a little bit older yeah but he's yeah he's 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 but you're like you're not when i see a rock movie i'm not like i'm going to see that movie <laughs> no because they're all the same like yeah, diving the, the there's like godzilla's gonna fight uh you know the it's kind of goofy but he's diving off the skyscrapers with one leg like they're like, gu- they're like guilty pleasure movies. yeah he's like the new sylvester stallone doing like rambo and and cliffhanger and stuff like yeah that. so i i don't know man i don't know who that new guy is i think they tried to make it zach efron for a while but i think he's kind of fallen out of uh yeah. that they tried to make him that he's actually coming out with a movie that i just heard uh there was on a podcast i was listening to it was actually um uh, pmt Haley Joel Osment was on there, and he's talking about this movie that he made with Zac Efron, who, where he plays Ted Bundy, the, like the serial killer. Really? I don't know the story of it, hmm. but it That's seems that weird. One. That is weird. So I think they tried to make like him that guy. I don't know. I'm just coming up. I'm drawing a blank because so, I didn't do any research I'll tell you. That. I'll tell you who they tried and made it like five years ago. Sam Worthington. Remember, he did um, – Clash of the Titans, and then he did the new Terminator movie, and he did uh, Avatar. He kind of like he, he looks like Hugh Jackman a little. Um, well, he's the Avatar star, right? He's the, he's the main guy in Avatar. Oh, yeah. he, the, he was in everything for like that four-year stretch, and then all of a sudden, now he's gone. Like, they were trying to do it with him. He wasn't really good. Like there, there's a there's like a good looking guy factor that gets you to be a movie star, but then you also have to have a little bit something extra. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean. And 100%. I don't think that guy had it. No, he didn't have it. Obviously. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. Do you want to get back into my, my, my list? Yeah, yeah, give me another one. All right, so the next guy I have up is Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is a great catalog. Tom Hanks was a guy for a while there that when you saw a movie come out, you were like, that's going to be a great movie. That's going to be at the, end of the, at the end of the year or whenever they do the Oscars. or I think they do it in, like, February, right? Uh, I have no so idea. So they, they get through the year, then they nominate, and then they do the awards in February. You knew his movies were going to be there at the end of the year, right? Sure, best picture. So Big, starting with Big. Like, Big was a good movie. It's a very good movie. Turner and Hooch was a cool movie. Turner and Hooch is funny. <laughs> it was fun. It's funny. Fun. Sleepless in Seattle. Nah. That's up to you. Whatever. Nah. League of Their Own. Great movie. Philadelphia, again. So Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. Forrest Gump, obviously. Obviously. Um, Forrest Gump. I've heard a lot of, pit, especially on the radio lately, I've heard a lot of things like Forrest Gump wasn't a hard role to play. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. In the, the climate that we live in in 2019, do you think that Forrest Gump would fly the way it did 20 years ago? When that movie came out in 95, we were like 10. Do you think that movie would be as well receptive, recepted as it was received as it was then if it would come out now? Because basically, you know, he's, he's mentally challenged. So we feel so much different about talking about those sort of things now than we did back then. 
You don't have to answer because it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, dude, just, that's a weird question. That's a thinking, crazy question. I was just I thinking out loud. I didn't think about that. I'm just thinking, okay, thinking that was a great movie. I, I think I don't think see that's the thing. They're not making movies like that anymore. That's what I mean. That's my point. It's like Tom Hanks is uh, you know, playing Magneto. <laughs> I, that that's his next movie. Like because everything's a superhero movie anymore. <laughs> so if I, if I can continue my list. All right, Apollo 13, good movie. Yep. Toy Story. Dude, he's like the lead in Toy Story. Yeah, him and Robin Williams. Yeah, but voice acting. No, not Robin Williams. Uh, Tim yeah. Allen. I thought Robin Williams was, um, what's his name? Buzz Lightyear? Buzz Lightyear. Nah, it's Tim it's Allen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I'm definitely right. Uh, that Thing You Do, underrated movie. You ever seen it? Negative. Say it's a good movie. It's about music and stuff. Saving Private Ryan, obviously, your favorite uh, movie. Yeah, all-timer. Love you, it. You've got mail. I never saw it, but I, you, know, you hear things. Green Mile, great movie. Castaway, great movie. Road to Perdition, never saw it, but heard it's a great movie. Catch Me If You Can, one of my favorites. Very highlighted. good movie, yeah, with Leo. Um, love that movie. Da Vinci Code. Very good. Captain Phillips. These are, these are like legit movies. That so you're missing one that's a really – there's actually two that's a really under, underrated Tom Hanks movies. <clears throat> the first one is called The Lady Killers. <clears throat> it's actually a remake. You, you have all these weird ones. Dude, this movie is so funny. We used to watch it when I was a senior in college. It just came out, and it's a remake of like an old movie from 1940, but they're hilarious in that movie. Hanks is amazing. And a really underrated Hanks movie, The Terminal. You ever hear about The Terminal? I have. He's like a Russian immigrant, he gets, and he gets right, stuck he in the airport. stuck in the, in the airport, airport and lives in the airport, yeah. I saw, I saw a little movie. bit of it. I think, I, yeah, I saw that before. All right, so my next guy, and in this, you're going to get some mixed opinions on this, but he's more, I think he's more along the line of a Tom Cruise and that he's not like – spectacular actor like but he has movies that you want to go see okay you got brad pitt thoughts yeah so <clears throat> I, I've, I've already argued against brad pitt before i don't know if his catalog can rival tom cruise's in the fact that is he the lead in his movies like let me hear brad pitt's catalog a river runs through it interview with the vampire which is by the way interview with the vampire is a tom cruise movie so, but you you know multiple people can be in movies. I know, but I'm saying the 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 parameters of the catalog are you're the star of the movie. I well, Brad I'd, Pitt's I, the secondary guy in that movie. Tom Cruise is really the star. I didn't know that that was the thing, but whatever. He's in the movie a lot, right? Sure. Legends of the Fall. Never saw it. Me either. Seven. Great movie. Great movie. And he's the lead in that. Oh, what's in the box? Seven years in Tibet. Never saw it, but I, I saw, heard. Good I things. saw it. It's okay. Meet Joe Black. Good movie. Fight Club, everyone's favorite. Everyone, yeah, Fight Club's amazing. Everybody's favorite college movie, right? But again, so <laughs> let me let, let's look at your two there. So when we talk about Meet Joe Black, is Brad Pitt the star of that, or is it Anthony Hopkins? Because Anthony Hopkins is amazing, right? And then when we go to Fight Club, is Brad Pitt the star of that, or is it Edward Norton? There's co-stars, man. I know, but he like Tom Cruise is the guy in Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise is the guy in these movies, like you Jerry Maguire. Have, you can have he co-stars. is driving these movies. You can have continue co-stars. your list. Snatch. Now that's one where he's not. That's a guy, the Richie. Guy. Yeah, I mean that's a great movie, but but there's there's multiple storylines going on. Yeah, and there's nobody that's really the star. Would no. you say? No, no, I agree. All Guy Richie movies are great, by the way. Being John Malkovich, the Mexican, Ocean's Eleven. The, I've that's heard, an ensemble. I kind of disqualify the Oceans because Why? Cause it's an ensemble. Yeah, because it's an ensemble cast <laughs> with Matt Damon, with Ned Damon, George Clooney. Yep. So just because there's all stars in the movie, Don Cheadle. Troy, great movie. I love Troy. I love Troy, dude. I, that's one that I'll like click and stick. Hector. And here's another click and stick for me. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That's an awesome movie. Great movie. Action. Love it. Benjamin Button. You know that's a remake, right? No. 
Yeah, it's a remake. Too. I didn't know that. Uh, well, they, Angelina and Brad did it better. Yeah. Benjamin Button, Inglorious Bastards, Moneyball, love Moneyball, 12 Years a Slave, Fury, uh, and The Big Short, which I don't even like remember what his character was. In The Big, in the big Short? Short? Yeah. Wasn't that more Bale? Wasn't that Bale and Carell? It is. I'm trying to think of where Brad Pitt is in that movie. It's been a long time since I saw me that. Too. I That's only a great saw it movie, once. too. Um, you, Fury, I love. He's Yeah, his catalog is up there. It's up there for sure. All right. My, my next one. You probably saw this one coming. Bobby D. Yeah. Deer Hunter, Raging Bull, Untouchables. Midnight Run is one of my favorite movies of all time. Never seen it. What? Never seen it. When does that movie release, man? I'm 33. Probably in the 80s. Yeah, I'm 33, cuz. Dude, you got to see Midnight Run. Really? This weekend. Mm. I got my, I got, I got stuff. Do it. Uh, Goodfellas, obviously, Backdraft, Cape Fear, Bronx Tale, Casino, Heat, Copland, Analyze This, Meet the Parents. Great movie. The Score, Showtime. Nobody knows the Showtime, but it's with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I know Showtime. And, you, dude, see, here's the problem. Your catalog is deteriorating with him. Do you have Limitless? Uh, do, do, do you have uh, Limitless? Carl Van Loon. Yeah. Do, do you have uh, the intern in there? No, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah, his so, catalog is really silver linings. Silver linings. I mean, that's a Bradley Cooper movie and Jennifer Lawrence. All right. This next one is the winner, I think. I can't wait for this one. You already peeked at my my I, sheet. I told you I only saw the top name. All right, this guy is the winner, and it's because every movie that he's in. He's the star of the movie. Okay. And you want to go see the movie. Okay. Because he's in it. And it's Leo. Yeah. I, I, he probably is the winner. Him and Denzel, I think, are the two that I put could put, like, when we go for arguments. They're legitimate, like... And Leo, Leo perfectly fits the mold of what I'm talking about, the same way that Denzel and Tom do. They drive their movies. Yeah, but Tom, like Leo Tom's movies aren't movies. as good, though. They're not, like... they're. they're Content wise, they're not like I don't know, at dude. the level of, of really, really Denzel good. and and uh, Leo movies. I think they are. They're action movies. They're not all action movies. They're guilty pleasure. Jerry Maguire is not an action movie. They're, they're like you go through. Okay, he's got one thrown. He's in. got a ton that are not. But you're you're talking multiple Mission Impossible's, right? Well, that's a that's a series. You're talking the Last Samurai. Like that's not a that's an awesome movie. That's not going to go down in history as like one of the best movies. It's a great movie. So Leo's starts out with What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Yeah, I'm not, that's not my favorite Leo movie. No, I mean, it shouldn't be anybody's. Romeo and Juliet was actually an underrated movie for me. I like that movie. You're killing yourself here. I, I'm you're sorry. You're coming out with some stinkers for Leo. Well, those are the first big ones that he was in, and he's like 14 at this point. Titanic was obviously the, the huge one. Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York. Is Catch it. Me If You Can. Yeah. The Aviator. And this next one is probably my favorite movie of all time. The Departed? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll gather here for the Briefly Departed. I think that kind of started the Boston run of like Boston being the new thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, Scorsese did both The Departed and The Town, so they're both Boston-based movies. Did he do The Town too? Yeah. That's an awesome movie. Awesome movie. Um, awesome movie. But that kind of got the Boston thing rolling. I feel like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's something that that preceded that. Everybody loves doing a Southie Boston movie. Like we're gonna get trashy in the South and the Boston. But I think once that movie gangsters. came out, everything was Southie. Like that's all you heard about Southie. Yeah. And it, you know, made a lot of... Did you get that, Pat Sag? Which part? Movies in the future. Blood Diamond was a really good movie. Revolutionary Road, I never saw. Shutter Island, Inception. Mm. Shutter Island is bad, and Inception has no rewatchability. 
Inception's a great movie once, mm-hmm. and you can't watch it again. I see where you're going with that. Yeah, but I, I think Inception's a great movie. I hated. Charlie I actually Island. want to watch Inception. Inception you, you again because I feel like you have to watch it, dude. You'll you'll get 20 minutes in. You're like this. I, now now everything I know what's gonna happen, and the movie has no replay. Value. Right. No, I got you. It makes sense. But good the first time. Great Gatsby. I I kind of started a, watching that. That and was a letdown. Wolf of Wall Street. Amazing. Good movie. Revenant. Good movie. Django. Amazing. So like that's that's top quality. My guy Jamie Foxx is in that. So rank rank those guys. And I'm Dr. Kane Schultz. Rat my horse Fritz. I want you to rank those guys. And do you seriously still have Tom Cruise? I have at the top I have I have Leo and Denzel poking their head over the top. So if I'm 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 popping my head up, it's Denzel and Leo can peak, and I got Tom right there. Tom Cruise with Tom Hanks. Yeah, dude. The town was Will says the town was directed by Ben. Ben directed the town? That's a Scorsese movie though. He he may have directed it, but Scorsese's involved in that movie. I don't think you're right about that. That's why I, I didn't that didn't sound right to me. But whatever. Double I check mean, me. I will. I'll I'll fact check you. Yeah, you can fact so check. So do me. your rankings. I'll double check you. So well, if we're doing Mount Rushmore, give me if I'm going Mount Rushmore, I'm going Denzel, I'm going Leo, I'm going Cruz, and I'd have to art battle out the last spot. What about Matt Matt Damon? Would you consider Matt Damon up there? Uh, for a time, he was there, and then he put out a couple of stinkeroos, and I don't think he ever reached the. He's definitely up there. He's definitely up there in like the star factor, where he was. He was definitely up there in the star factor, after um, another another Boston movie. Oh my God! Why can't I remember the movie? Uh, ben. Um, you like them apples? Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why can't I remember the name of the movie? Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill, yeah, Goodwill Hunting. So after that, he was like he's starting to work his way up toward that upper echelon, and it's not like he's not there, but he's not at the level of these guys. So just before we get out off actors, how about Ben? Do you, are you a Ben hater? A lot of people hate Ben. I think he, I think he actually does pretty well as a director, from what I remember. I like some of his movies. Um, the Accountant was really good. The Accountant's really good. He's, I mean, he's really, really good in uh, The Town. He's great as the lead in The Town. Yeah, he is awesome. I mean, um, I, I think he's doing a good job with Batman for the DC movies, even though they're not keeping up with the Marvel movies. Like, he, you know, I, I, I'm a Ben guy. I think Ben does a good job. I think he gets a bad rap. He had those stinker movies when he was dating J-Lo, like Jiggly. And stuff like that. Gigli, dude. Whatever. Gigli. <laughs> Jersey girl. Uh, yeah, Jersey girl. Like he had, which is, you know, like he was just making stinkers back then because he was all goo goo for J Lo. Boiler Room was really good. He's got a good, he's got some good movies. He wasn't the, he wasn't like the lead guy. It was Giovanni Rabisi. But yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm a Ben guy, I guess. Um, I'm not against Ben. He, he brought on, he brought on a lot of stuff to himself with some of this. You know, the way he put him, put himself out in the public and some of the issues that he's had. But yeah, I'm not against him. Yeah, I'm against him being Batman. But other than that, seems fine. You don't like him as Batman? Nah, dude. Like enough with this. Enough with this. Like how many Spider Mans do you we just, need? How many Batmans do we need? You just don't want any more. Of course not. Movies, so. No. And why? Why would I? Yeah, I do. All right. So my rankings: I do Leo, Denzel. Probably Tom Hanks. Like Tom Cruise isn't even like he's behind all these guys. Well, you don't like you don't like a lot of his movies, so I understand that. Robert De Niro's got to be up there. No, dude, he's before our time, man. He is, but you still would go to see his movies. He's disqualified from my list. 
It's because you've never seen Midnight Run. So. Right. I mean, I, dude, if, if I was going there, I'd put Harrison Ford up there because I love all Harrison Ford movies. Oh, that's, that's good. I mean, Harrison Ford's, you know, I'd put him over Bobby D. I just think Leo's the guy and he's been there for a while. Yeah. Well, to answer your question. And so is Zell. I think the number one guy right now, as we move off, that is the biggest star in Hollywood that drives a movie. If he's in it, you're going to go say it's probably Leo. You think still to this day? I think so. I think he's still leading that charge. He doesn't do that many movies anymore. No, he like. doesn't. You know that uh, um, the guy who, who directed Django, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy that did... Is it Tarantino? Yeah, Tarant- yeah. So Tarantino had to beg him to be in Django. Like, he followed him to his vacation in, like, South Africa or something and begged him you to be what? in the movie. You know what? Christian Bale should be in the conversation. Christian Bale is a really good actor, and he, ha- he has these movies that you go to see them. I don't, what's the last thing he put out? He just did one about Vice, Vice President, about Dick Cheney. He's, he plays Dick Cheney. Christian Bale does? Yeah. I don't, I've never seen that. Dude, as far as the like, most talent out of all of them, I put Christian Bale at the top. He's as got, far as talent, like being he's an got actor. great movies. I mean, The Prestige is great. He's got some good movies. All right, so I think Bale's still the guy. I think Bale's still the guy. And he's been doing it for a while. He's 44 years old. You know, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure that he just did the, the voice movie. But I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's about Dick Cheney. And apparently it's really good. And, and that's the thing anymore is like, I don't see these movies that are coming out um, for all the awards. Like, I don't see them until they're on, on the uh, Star is Born is on my list for this weekend, too. Well, we're going to rent that. Dude, like Netflix we waited. and streaming and that sort of thing have changed the way I consume movies. I'm waiting for them to go straight from like in theater and you can watch it in your home like a week later and you can pay, you know, a theater price to do it because it's just the way things are moving. Theaters are going to be out of business, you think? I don't know if they're going to be out of business, but like I, it's hard to, to it's just like music sales and stuff like that. You know, 15, 20 years ago, your music sales were based off how many records you sold. And now we like to base movie success off of ticket sales. But like that doesn't really define how much money a movie makes because how many people paid to rent it or paid to buy it to rent it before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's so much more involved in like how much revenue a movie generates. No, I think it's definitely I, you're right. I, th- I think you're 100 percent right. I think it's heading in that direction for sure, where it's it's going to be it's going to be released to television right almost. right like pay 22 hours to stream it at your house because because why would you go out like you can make popcorn at your house why would you go out but if you're you know as long as you're not having like a birthday party or something with like little kids like why would you what what's the reason to go to the movies yeah i mean when listen, you can get some of the movies you can get all these new movies in your house for five dollars yeah dude i mean the imax experience is great for movies that are filmed in imax right but like for me to go see a regular movie do i have a 65 inch tv that i sit 10 inches from downstairs <laughs> like I don't, I don't need to go to the theater you know what i mean like i i don't know i just i don't I, I'm, I'm with you i'm with you all right so let's get into some sports we had a lot happen last weekend uh but the thing that i wanted to lead with on the sports side because nick and i talked a lot about it and there's been a recent development this week is Kyler Murray declared for the NFL draft. Yes, he did. And so I did some research like we had talked about last week about the rookie wage scale, how it works. So I wanted to kind of talk through that with everybody. We can talk about the rookie wage scale. We can talk about the comparisons on what he can make in the NFL versus Major League Baseball. So starting on this point, Nick, do you think this is the right decision for him? Yes, I still do. I still do because, again, 
you you don't know how quickly you're going to prog- progress in baseball, and you can bet on yourself, sure. And I'm sure he's a very confident athlete. I'm sure he's a great baseball player. But you don't progress through major league systems as quickly as you do in the NFL where you're on the team, you're on the roster. Now, one of the things that MLB did, I think prior to him declaring for the draft, was say that I think they bent the rules a little bit for the Oakland A's where they could pay I, – I think he basically said, if you guys pay me $15 million, I'll stay with you. Like, if you offer me that contract. Right. So they would have had to, I believe, put him on their 40-man roster from Jump Street, not even knowing how, how he's going to do in, in rookie-level right. uh, baseball. baseball. Right. So they were, they were looking to bend the rules for him and make an exception to pay him that up front um, which I don't think that that opportunity would be available to just any anybody else that was just drafted. So um, he, he did win the Heisman. He's a high profile guy, right? Certainly, but I, you know, I really still, I still do believe that going, staying in the NF, staying with the NFL, is the way to go off the bat. All right, so I'm in agreement. I looked at a lot of the numbers, like I told you guys, I would because I wanted to really look into this, and I'll, I'll tell you why I agree. So, if you don't know. Uh, Sam Bradford's the last guy to get drafted at the top of the draft as number one overall pick to get a monster contract, right? I mean, he got like six years, $79 million when he got drafted with half of it guaranteed because that's how things were going back then. And it was inflating um, NFL teams. And it was hurting cap and it wasn't good for the sport because when you have guys like that that get hurt or they're on your team, signed all this guaranteed money, it kills your cap. Right. So what the NFL did is they instituted the rookie wage scale. And the way it works is each team every year gets a percentage that they can base towards what they pay all of their draft picks combined, okay? And it's a pool of money that they have to pull from that they can pay each of their draft picks. And so you could use all of that pool on your first-round pick, but then you wouldn't be able to sign any more draft picks, right? Right. So you kind of have to be strategic about it. So Kyler Murray coming out in this draft is a great move because, number one, this is a weak quarterback draft, right? Like last year's was considered – one of the best in the last 10 years. I think six guys went in the first round, right? Five or six. So, but this year's the opposite. I mean, it's like Haskins and who else, right? I don't know who else is up there for top tier talent or a first round quarterback talent. Uh, the kid from Duke Jones, right? Uh, he's looking to get like a project almost. Yeah. He, you know, he's, he's a good looking, he's a good looking quarterback. So, he's, he's big dude. Uh, he throws the ball well. And he was, he's like a highly touted quarterback prospect, but you know, Herbert really killed the draft class a little bit. Uh, by by going back to Oregon. So. Right. So Kyler is looking to be up there in the quarterbacks of the draft class. And if he goes in the first round, which it seems to be like he's going to be projected there, middle to end of first round, here's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and like talk about all his measurables and whatnot. I'm never going to tell somebody they're too short to do anything. I mean, I'm not the tallest guy in the world, so if he can play quarterback, he can play quarterback. It's a different league. I'll let the analysts and the people that measure that stuff at the combine and all that, they can come up with that. But what, here's what I'll give you. If he can get in the first round, I'll give you some comparisons for what people get paid now. Okay. So last year's highest paid first round pick signing his contract, Josh Rosen, four years, 17 and a half mil, 10.8 mil signing bonus, 100% guaranteed. Yeah. So compare that to what he was going to get with the A's. Yes, it makes more sense it's to come nice to football payday. now. Right. And go in the first round. As long as he can make it in the first round, which it sounds like he will, he's going to make more money in football right. for the first four or five years. Then after that, like we said, in baseball, nothing's, nothing's a given after that because you got to earn your spot in both sports. If he's going to re-sign a big contract after that, he'll have to have earned it. 
if he was would have been playing baseball, it'd be the same thing. Right. So in terms of the money, makes way more sense to play football if you can go in the first round. I agree with that. And what we didn't even factor in was the rule changes and the things that have been going on with the rule changes as it pertains to the quarterback in the NFL. Now, there's a lot of old old school players, like one in particular, Deion Sanders, came out and Dion, speaking from experience, says, yeah, dude, like I would play baseball. I wish I dedicated more time to baseball. But Dion's looking at it from his perspective, whereas he's a cornerback. You know, he's he's making tackles. He's getting beat up. There aren't rules to protect Deion Sanders as a cornerback. There are now rules in place for the quarterback where you're not getting hit in the head. Obviously, he's going to be a scrambler, but he can slide. Like guys aren't getting crushed anymore on slides, you know, unless Kiko Alonso is coming in like a bullet. <laughs> Um, th- that's a different. That's a new thing that I don't think Dion's factoring in when you look at being a quarterback in the NFL. We're also seeing a progression of smaller, you know, you know, more athletic quarterbacks. When you look at Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, now, um, y- you know, who who am I missing? There's there's just a, pro- a progression of of that type of player that can succeed now in the so, NFL. So all right, you said a couple things there. Let's talk about them. So. In terms of the comparisons, those are the two guys. And really, it's more Russell than Baker because Baker's like 6'1, 6'1. Russell Wilson's 5'10, 5'11. And, but when you look at those guys. Drew Brees, I mean, Drew, Drew obviously not as athletic. He's not going to run around yeah. as much, but he's not a big guy. He, he, the mold he's being compared to is, is Russ and a little bit Baker. But the thing is, those guys are broad. Like Russell Wilson is yoked, he weighs like 215. Kyler Murray weighs like a buck eighty. Like he's not. He's like yeah, my size. And guess what? When I was tw- when I was twenty one, twenty two years old, I weighed one sixty five. But now look at me. I'm two hundred and twenty pounds. Like, yeah, but you know, all like right, but that, all right. That, so you, he, you you build on. Yeah, you, but here's the thing. And you're you're here's also the, there's the thing about this. And I've heard this a lot. And this is important when guys look at the physical stature of a dude. It's not about putting on fifteen pounds of muscle. They, he can do that, right? Of course he can. He can train it. But it's your frame. It's how stout you are, like at the shoulders, and he's not a he's not a big stout shoulder guy. This is what they're going to talk about because when you look at Baker Mayfield, right, he's got the broad shoulders, like Ross has got the broad shoulders, and yeah, they're all muscled up. They put weight on. I don't know. Kyler, I don't know that Kyler can put weight on, but he's got on. that like that more narrow, you know, more athletic, like a Michael Vick, Michael Vick type of build, as opposed to Michael Vick did okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm just saying what they're going to break down, like the the look of a guy. How big are your bones? How broad are your shoulders? With guys falling on you, that this is stuff that they they think about, that they measure. Like that's a tangible measurement. I I, I don't know about all that. Them, I, I think I think as far in terms of beefing up and, and getting bigger and preparing for the NFL, if he does go into the NFL, he's gonna have he's gonna be a professional football player where you can dedicate time now to putting on that muscle and training to be an NFL star. When you're flipping back and forth from baseball to football, you're not necessarily training the same way. Well, I mean, so what you said about Dion, I thought was funny because Dion had his own rules to keep himself from getting hurt. Sure, like Dion went staying thin at the end of his career. Like people be running, and Dion would just like jump out of the way of a tackle. Well, that, and stuff that's one way. He did, yeah, he didn't want to. He didn't want to fall. He didn't want to get hit. But Dion playing corner, the, the the thing for Kyler is he's not playing running back or cornerback where you could you know, play two sports or focus. When you play quarterback, you have to live it, right? Because you're running the offense. You need to know your schemes. You know your reads. You need to know your playbook. Like, Well, Dion, Dion was able to do it because you can say to Dion, yo, cover that guy. Right, exactly. And, that, and that's what he's going to do. That's all he's going to do. He's going to cover the guy. And it's all he's got to worry now, about. Now, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. 
So I mean, it's a he's, different thing. Right. He's got to decide, you know, he's got to commit himself and all that's going to get vetted. So like, we don't want to go too much into the, the size tangibles and like, is he committed to football and all that stuff? I just wanted to lay out there for everybody. Uh, the money aspect of it, because I think some people get confused by the rookie wage scale. Right. And so, so to compare, you know, we, we were comparing him to other quarterbacks, but, and you're talking about money as it, you know, as it pertains to NFL versus MLB, but looking at it in terms of the success of certain first round picks in major league baseball, I went through like the last 15 drafts and went specifically oh, to God. the number nine pick. This is going to hurt. No one's going to know any of these names. No, I think you're, you're going to know some of them. So <laughs> this this actually hurts my case a little this bit. This is going to hurt. This actually hurts my case a little bit. So Keston Hira was last year. He's a Brewers. He's the number one prospect for the Brewers right now. Really good hitter. Plays second base. Matt Manning is one of the top, uh, if not the top, pitching prospects for the Tigers right now. Here's where you start to recognize some names. Ian Happ for the Cubs. Sure. He started last season as their leadoff hitter, was supposed to be their second baseman, had a down year and kind of got demoted a little bit. Now he's kind of more in a utility role. Jeff Hoffman was a really high prospect for the Blue Jays. I think he's with the Rockies currently. Austin Meadows is just coming up this year. He was just promoted last year. He's one of their, you know, no-miss prospects. But I think he was drafted in like, what is it, like 2015 at this point. Andrew Heaney was traded from Miami to Anaheim as a pitcher. He's kind of making his comeback. I think he had Tommy John last year. Javi, Javi Baez was a number nine pick. So that's that's a good one. That's a that's a yeah that, an MVP that's the, level that's, player. That's, that's the first name on the list that everybody's going to recognize. Probably uh, Karsten Whitson, Jacob Turner. You might have heard of him. He pitches. He pitched for the Marlins. Aaron Crow, Jared Parker, Bill Roll, Mike Pelfrey, Chris Nelson. Like, do you see what I'm saying though? Like these are guys that they're not jumping right into the major leagues. No, we talked about that. Like you don't you don't go straight to the bigs when you get drafted. I mean, you, beside Javi Baez, there's no, nobody on the there that you're like that jumps out to you. Yeah, there, there's that there's no there's nobody that's a no doubter right now except for Javi Baez, obviously. So that that's my only point. Yeah, and and the thing that's unique about this situation is he plays quarterback, right? And quarterback is the glamour position. In football, there's no doubt about it. Like, that is where you want to be. That's the glamour position. So, <clears throat> I'm with it. I, I think it's a good decision. I think he made the right decision. I think he, like I said, I think he goes at the end of the first round. I think he's going to make a ton of money, and then we'll see if he can play quarterback. But I think that's the right call. Really going to depend where he goes. And this might kind of transition well to where we're going next in the new coaching situation for a lot of teams and what they think of his skill set and how he can adapt to certain offenses. Because as we know, the NFL is going all offense. Everybody's everybody's an offensive coach now. This is going to be – this has been one of the most bizarre off-season coaching carousels that I've ever seen. I, I'm going to be straight up with you. So there was – every year – I mean, Shefty says it, like, literally every year it's like 6.2 coaches are going to get fired, right? Like, it's every year. It just, sure. it just, it just happens. Of course. It's the same thing this year. Um. So, but some of these I wrote down are just strange to me. And I wanted to start with Cliff Kingsbury. So, the Cardinals bring in Cliff Kingsbury. He was Texas Tech's head coach for the last five years. And I'm sort of baffled by this move and the fact that, like, I know he has been everybody's, like, hot guy. But they, I mean, they didn't do anything when he was there. So, like, I guess it's just they want him to come in and implement that offense. And he's supposed to be the quarterback guru. But now the question comes up right away. 
when you bring in the quarterback guru, right, he didn't draft Josh Rosen. So, and he said last year as a coach, he thinks Kyler Murray should be the number one overall pick. The Cardinals have a top five pick. Are they going to go get Kyler? Like, are they going to be getting rid of Rosen? That's a whole crazy thing that, that when a head coach comes in, because in the NFL, the head coach wants to tie himself to his quarterback, right? Because his job could be on the line. So that's a weird one to me. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that overall. I do. I do have thoughts on that overall. And what you said was that it's a strange hire. And looking a little bit more into it, not knowing that much about Cliff Kingsbury off the top of my head. Well, I mean, he he has worked with a lot of kind of high – he's gotten the most out of his quarterbacks. And they have been in the mold of Kyler Murray. So he coached Case Keenum at Houston. He was their kind of quality control guy, and he worked closely with Case Keenum. Uh, Case Keenum. But so, you know, you say that, joking, like nobody knows Case Keenum, but in college, Case Keenum was a prolific passer. Oh, yeah. And he was a very successful quarterback. It's a Houston, right? So in Houston, yeah. yeah. So he got a lot out of he got a, a lot out of Case Keenum. He was the offensive coordinator of the year, I think, I think two years straight. He also coached Johnny Manziel. My man. So listen, my he, man. He got he got the most out of Johnny Manziel. I think Johnny Manziel got the most out of Johnny Manziel. Uh, I, I, but you know what? He Johnny came into the league and he did nothing, right? He's gone to the the Canadian league and he's done nothing. Oh, stop it! He hasn't. Be my man alone. Well, when he was there, when he was being coached under Kingsbury. He was a big deal. He, you know, so Kingsbury got had, the most out of him. He had the best, my opinion, hands down, the best single college football quarterback season in the history of college. That's football. a different day, different conversation. But I'm just putting that out there. And it was coached under Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, Baker Mayfield, when he coached him at Texas Tech, Baker Mayfield was a, a freshman starter for him. Obviously, we know he transferred, and Davis Webb became the starter. Then he also coached Patrick Mahomes. So these are guys that are they're, they're guys that are in the same mold as Kyler Murray, and he got a lot out of those guys. And I think that might have been the conversation before hiring him. Like, what do we want to do? So I would, I, would, I would venture a guess that they might go after Kyler Murray, the Cardinals, and maybe trade Josh Rosen to the Dolphins or the, you know, a team that needs a quarterback. Sure. Obviously, the Redskins. Pick, pick one. Yep. Um, so it's not as weird. It's not a weird, uh, signing to me. And I know that a lot of people have said, that doesn't make any sense. How is he going right from college? Like he's not even been on the college scene that long. Well, yeah, I mean, he has been in there a little bit, but he also has, has worked with these quarterbacks. He's gotten the best out of them. And he was, he played with Tom Brady for a little bit and Bill Belichick for like, I guess it was a year or something like that. So that's a throw in, yeah, that's but I, I, I don't think it's as strange as signing as, as people have been saying okay that's all i like that all right so the jets hired adam gase and i'm sure everybody's seen it by now if you haven't you need to check it out on youtube his press conference was just nothing short of bizarre like the eyes and the i'm like i don't know what i i, I watched it without the sound dude it's mind-boggling watch it without the sound no it's even worse. dude he's just like it's crazy. So there's something that I learned about in my old profession. It's called hypervigilance. And that's the first thing I thought of when I saw the, the top whites of Adam Gase's eyes. That's a weird thing. When you see the top whites of somebody's eyes, get out of the room. Like, go somewhere else. Because you don't want to be around that person. They might do something crazy. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm being dead serious. Okay. 
Um, they say it's you, you see it a lot in um, this hypervigilance. You see it a lot in PTSD type situations, and you see it a lot in guys that come out of prison because that you always have to be like hyper aware of what you're surrounding. So it's the enhanced state of sensory uh, sensitivity accompanied by exaggerated intensity of behaviors whose purpose is to detect activity, a perpetual scanning of environments to search for sights, sounds, people, behavior, or anything reminiscent of activity, threat, or trauma. That's, it fits all the characteristics of this. Yikes. Yeah, man. Yikes. It's, it was a crazy thing. <laughs> it was crazy. And, and I, don't know, I don't know what Adam Gase has gone through in his life. But that was a bizarre scene, especially if you watch it without the sound. I think it's sort of a bizarre hire. I mean, I know he was everybody's hot guy going to Miami, and they did nothing. And now it's like, yeah, just come to the Jets. You can do nothing. They just pass coaches around the AFC East that, that aren't on New England. Like Rex Ryan goes from the Jets to the Bills. Now you got Adam Gase going from the Dolphins to the Jets. Like, they just pass him around. They just want to be mediocre and let the Patriots dominate for another 10 years. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Well, this one I think goes back to – who he has worked with and worked under. He's worked with Nick Saban. He's worked with Steve Mariucci. He's worked with Rod Marinelli, which, you know, uh, Josh McDaniels. He's coached with Mike Martz, who was, he, at the time, ran a super high-powered offense, maybe the most super high-powered offense in the history of the game with, uh, with the Rams. The greatest show on turf. And he also coached Peyton Manning in Denver. Okay. So th this offensive-mindedness in the NFL, I mean, this is the same case at. Adam Gase does fall into that category, and I think That's when you pedigree. when you look at kind of like who he's worked with and coached under and learned from, then it makes a little bit more sense. And when you go to a place like New York, where you have a where you have a, a legitimate, I think a legitimate franchise quarterback and Sam Darnold to work with and kind of mold. That's that's a different thing than working with Ryan Tannehill five years, six years into his career where he's done really nothing, showed right. no promise. He inherited him. I'm with you. I'm with you there. So <laughs> so I support him. I support the, the, so the you're, hiring. You're on, you're on, you're two, you're two and oh, you like both of them. I, I, I do. I'm okay. not against either of those. So Bruce Arians goes to the Bucks. He's going to try and salvage Jameis. What do you think about that? You think that'll, that might work out? No, I, I actually think that, I think Jameis' ship has sailed. I don't think there's resurrecting the career. I think he's, I think he's one of those those bust quarterbacks. Early on in his career, he looked like he was going to be something, and we kept saying, you know, get him some weapons, and he gets Mike Evans, and he gets um, Sean Jackson, the, and he gets right, and, and he's uh, still Austin Safarian Jenkins, and he gets, he still he still has never gotten in his brain. He doesn't have anything that tells him don't make this this right. He turns, insane the, play. he turns the ball over at an alarming rate, and that's just a red flag for a guy that's I, been in the league for as, as long as he has. Now. I don't think – I don't think uh, – will Arians be the oldest coach in the league now? Probably close to it, yeah. I mean, so, Belichick, Belichick is up there too. I don't think that – I don't think that Bruce Arians is going to go in there and change the way that Jameis Winston plays. I don't think anybody can change Jameis. I mean, we've been talking about it. It's a shame too because he's million-dollar talent with a 10-cent head, right? Like, and it's just been that way seemingly his entire – football career right and he's so talented and he has flashes of greatness but yeah he can't take care of the ball by the way his counterpart in tennessee is the same way except he doesn't make as bad of throws he puts the ball on the carpet all the time is is uh, mariota like that class we thought those guys going one two were going to be like the cream of the crop for 10 years and both of them are just like average at best yeah 
100%. And I don't think that Bruce Arians is going to change that. I I like to be completely honest. So the pack made just bizarre bizarre moves to me. And I got to hear about, I get to hear about this all the time because Mr. Nugent in Wisconsin is just, you know, a huge pack fan. And and we're always talking about this. So they hire the Titans OC, Matt LaFleur, to be their head coach. Yeah. LaFleur. Mathieu LaFleur. And then they hire the Jags OC, Nathaniel Hackett, to be their OC. But LeFleur is going to call plays. They're both 39. They're both young guys. But, again, I look at the Titans and the Jags from the last couple years, and neither one of those teams has had really proficient offenses. So where is the success moniker here for these guys that says they are deserving of these positions? I mean, the Jags' offense has been pathetic. Uh, so here, I can I can kind of give you my theory on this. Okay. Okay. Um, first of all, the the Lafleur thing. Lafleur ha- has to. I, I would like I would like Ray Donovan to look into this. I think Lafleur has some kind of dirt on the Shanahan family. <laughs> I'm dead serious because I didn't know all this like before I started looking into like his his history. Kyle Shanahan has basically taking him from place to place with him wherever he goes right so he worked really closely with shanahan with kyle the son with the texans somebody to call, start to start somebody out somebody call ray yeah what do you want he's got to look into this what do you want Mick? he's got photos of <laughs> kyle shanahan doing something so he worked closely with shanahan at the texans shanahan brings him over to washington to work with dad right yeah and he works really closely with rg3 kirk cousins which isn't necessarily a feather in your cap at you this like point. that yeah uh then he goes for a year to be a, the QB trainer at Notre Dame for a year, maybe two years. I think it is. I don't know. But that doesn't – who cares? Then he goes back to Atlanta to work with Kyle Shanahan again. He also brings his brother in, right? A lot of, a lot of like, nepotism here. Mike, La, on, right? Mike LaFleur comes in and works That's as it. part of the offense uh, – as an offensive assistant. Okay. Um, and he works with Matt Ryan. They go to the Super Bowl. They lose the Super Bowl. Then he goes to L.A. with McVay. All right, who was also with the Redskins in the Shanahan right, family. Right, 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 right. But McVay is the boy it's, wonder. It's a very family type thing. Yeah. I don't think LaFleur was brought in to be this offensive guru, right? Because look who his quarterback is. Yeah. They want to change the way that the the Packers run. And I think they're gonna let Aaron do his own thing. I think this is the this is the guy that's that they said, bring this guy in. Have him sit down with Aaron. Let him say what Aaron wants to do, and they're gonna. And Aaron's gonna run the offense. By the way, have you heard about Aaron Rodgers? Like nobody likes him. He's a, he's a jerk. Yeah, like nobody likes him. His entire family they they don't talk to each other. His brother hates him. They don't. He doesn't talk to his. They like anybody that spends an absorbent amount of time around Aaron Rodgers does not like him. Like they don't. He doesn't like people. He, he's not a very personable he, guy. No, like Which he's he, very you know, odd is what this, I, the scoop on him. I don't know what the story is with his family, but um, yeah, there, that's been well documented. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was interesting is, but, that he's, yeah, he's just one of those guys that like doesn't get along. But that's, that's my thought on this LaFleur thing. LaFleur thing is he's going to, he's basically going to be a wet blanket. And I he, kind of agree with you because they're, they're going to try and just let Rogers do his thing for the next four or five years. And now the way I see it from this, the hot, the Hackett, hiring is he is not necessarily a quarterback guy like he he has been a quarterback's coach and he's worked with quarterbacks nobody of note honestly 
nobody of note at all. But he has developed some running games with the Bills. He worked with Gruden, which the Pack have not had for the last like ten years. He, he's he's worked with the Bucks. I could see that being Gruden. valuable. He's been the Bills OC, and he developed their running game pretty well. And the and Jacksonville had the best running game in the NFL last year. Yeah, I mean that's how they've gotten it done the last couple of years. So I think throw the ball. I really think that's the game plan here. Let Aaron do his thing, but let's also develop a running game now where we're not just. A, a one-headed But see, that's kind offense. of – the problem there is that's kind of counterintuitive as to what Rodgers' problem was because McCarthy has been a guy who has always tried to commit to the run, but they never were able to put it together. But so he, like, he, he wanted to shove the ball down your throat he instead had of no game to it, cutting Rodgers he had, loose. He had, no, he had no strategy to it. He had no method of attack. And as soon as it didn't work, it was gone, like for the rest of the game. Right. So – I really think that that's, that's the thought process here. Got to bring in to the run. Bring in this wet blanket that knows a couple guys. He's worked under Sean McVay. He's worked under the Shanahan family. Um, who, who Kyle Shanahan, I think, is a very good offensive coach, and I think yeah. we're going to oh, see yeah. that when Jimmy gets back and gets healthy. But I think it was that. And then the second part of it is let's develop the run game. Let's see what Hackett has to bring to the table. How did he get that, how did he get that offense last year? To, to be the best running attack in the NFL. Interesting. So that's my theory. You're, dude, you're like a glass half full guy today on these coaches. You're so optimistic about that. I, I am because I kind of see – I'm looking more at the strategy than I'm looking at the, the, the name, you know. I know these guys know a lot of people. You know, they've worked with Nick Saban or Mariucci or Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know, I get that aspect to it. You're gonna, you're gonna. There's a, there's plenty of names out there that know these guys, right? By the way, it's you, not just knowing somebody you that keep gets you hired. Omitting a name when you talk about the coaching trees, that it's starting to aggravate me. I got to bring it up. Yeah. You, you keep omitting a name. Let me just tell you, if you want to be successful in this league, you know who you need to get. You need to get yourself a guy off the Andy Reid tree. That's true. I mean, Andy Reid's tree. He's like the new Holmgren tree, right? Like it's now the Andy Reid tree. You want a guy off that tree, pick one of those fruits off that tree because look at what they're doing in the league everywhere. All his guys get spread out. Harbaugh in Baltimore. Uh, you got obviously Dougie P here in the city. Frank Reich over in Indianapolis, right? I mean, go through the league. His guys are everywhere and sure. they're succeeding. Sure. Get Na- yourself Nagy, an Andy Reid guy. Nagy's a, a, yep. an Andy Reid guy. He sure is. But, you know, you, you stay al- around long enough, which Andy Reid is probably the longest tenured coach now that Marvis, Marvin Lewis is gone, right? Uh, I would say Bill. Right? Yeah. Uh, I'd say Bill because Bill was, was, I mean, beating Andy when he was here in Philly. It's oh, well, got to be Bill now. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Be, okay. Bill, Bill and Andy. Bill and Andy. Two yeah. good trees, and you're going to get hired if you work for those I guys. I totally agree. Totally agree. You know? Yep. That's your tree. All right, so – Let's go to the uh, the conference championships here. Um, this is a is a is a weird one. I prof. I thought you were going to go eight and zero um, for the second week combined for your ATSs. I didn't. Only one game got you. Yeah, the uh, the Chadges. The Chadges got you up there in New England. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Um, I guess you just don't bet against the Patriots when they're at home. Pretty much, you just don't do it. Pretty much. So I thought only... this year was the year for P. Riv, and I think we keep getting tricked into that. Yep, I went. The only game that got me was the Colts. Um, Andy and the Chiefs showed up. My boy Patty went off, and they dominated that game. So this is the first year in a long time when it's been both 1-2 and 1-2 from each conference to make it. So it was chalk. The only dog actually to cover last week was the Eagles. So that everybody else got, got beat and yeah, covered. I had that. Um, so 
let's talk about this week's games. So let's start in the AFC. Interesting about this game, New England going to KC. New England is a three-point dog. Yeah, um, I I see that. I mean, I see that if you if you're setting the line for yourself, what do you, what what do you set it at? I I mean, I'd pro- I probably would be under three just because it's the Patriots, but m- not much. Maybe hook it like two and a half, two for for the Chiefs. But I still have them favored. I think the Chiefs have been the better team all year. I think the first time they played. It was in New England, and Patty just came out excited. Otherwise, for three quarters, they outplayed that team, and they should have won that game. That's, but, that's, but, listen, that's the difference maker this year is the quarterback. That's but, the difference maker. The you, Chiefs have gotten to this point with Alex Smith. They've, yeah, they've, oh, sure. The, you know, they've, they've been a, a really well-oiled, you know, staggering offense with Alex Smith, and now, now they, they actually Patty. have somebody with some, some zip. Um, Roxy, some he's a playmaker. The kid's a playmaker. He really is. Now, one of the things that scares me is he is a you know technically not a rookie, but he is a rookie in this certain situation, and he may look to make a couple plays that are the bad decisions. That's the only thing I'm thinking here. Yes, and Belichick is undefeated against quarterbacks. Seeing him for the first time in the postseason, no quarterback has ever beaten Bill. In the postseason, the first time he's played them. So they did play earlier this year, and the Pats win that game. Right. right. And the Saints the Saints have also played the Rams, and the Saints have won that game. Right. Like, interestingly enough. So do you look at that when you're, when you're well, factoring so this in? This is the thing about that. Interestingly enough, the Saints are three-point dogs in L.A. So it's the same type of deal here. Like, you got... Saints dogs, even though they beat the team earlier in the year, and you got New England dogs, even though they beat the team earlier in the year. So I don't know. It's a weird dynamic, right? I think the NFL understands and, and Vegas understands when they're setting lines that the season goes through ups and downs. Yeah, right? it's, it's in New Orleans. Oh, sorry. It's in New Orleans, yeah. But the Saints are dogs, right? They're not. I thought the Rams were favored by three. No, the Saints are favored by three. It oh, it's the opened, other way around. It opened three and a half. Okay. I thought, I thought, they were, I thought you had them mixed up. Okay. Yeah, so they, that, they're that at makes, home. That makes more sense to me than the other way around. The, Sa- the Saints are at home this week, and obviously we know how well they play there. They did look, they did look a little – they struggled against the Eagles. They struggled to, to move the ball. Uh, into the end zone, they if, did. They did move the ball and control the ball the entire time. I will say that, um, but they, as, if, in terms of scoring, they weren't putting it in, in the end zone. Um, but I think that the Eagles were not given enough credit uh, going into that game. And my my thought going into this game is, I feel like Drew Brees is going to pick apart the Rams. Here's the thing, and they're going to actually score. Here's the thing about the Saints. And I heard this this week, and I just want to rattle off the numbers here for you so you can see it. The Saints started the season out as a prolific offense, but they have not been oh, – this is last year. Come on, man. They have not been scoring at a high clip the last couple games. So what's going on here? I'll try and pull it up. But I, I think that – the I mean, the Eagles game was a low-scoring game. I don't think they've scored over 24 points in the last five games. So their defense is really playing well, and they've sort of the first half of the year. I mean, they they play the Bucks, and the, you know that was nine thousand to nine thousand in that game when Fitz Magic was going crazy. So they, their defense has really evolved. They did a good job last week against the Eagles. 
They've been stepping up, so they're sort of a different team now. And the Rams, to me, I keep waiting for their letdown again, just like last year. Like I don't, I don't know if McVay is going to be able to game plan well enough to keep up with the Saints if the Rams secondary is as leaky as it's been all year. Well, I think I think that the X factor for the Rams is is not necessarily McVay, but I think it's Jared Goff and how he's going to play in this game, being that he's going to be new to this too. Um, he doesn't strike me as a guy with killer instinct and with you know the poise to go into a game like this and not have it affect him and maybe that's just his california cool style but i think he's going to be a little bit rattled i think you're going to see a pick or two from him that are going to play a major factor i think the the fact that the saints have been in this situation before and that drew Brees is a seasoned quarterback who has already seen them once this year and now typically when when a team beats someone in season and they play again. I like to go the other way with it, but in this case, I'm I'm not. I'm staying with the Saints in this game. I think that they, I think that it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a high scoring game, but I think the Saints come away with a win at home. So you like the Saints win and cover is what you're saying? I do. Okay, you like the Saints win and cover? I do. So the Saints, I can't count the game before then because I don't believe they played anybody. Uh, the last week of the season, but they, the Saints scored. So right before then, the regular season, they did put up 31 on Pittsburgh, but then before that, they had nine, they had 28, they had 10. They were still scoring points. Both of their, yeah, I guess. I get it. I get it, man. I, I, you know, I think a lot of their stuff recently has been a little bit gimmicky with the Taysom Hill thing, but, you know, I just, I, I don't see Drew Brees struggling in this game i think he's prepared i think the fact that they've played them already this year is it actually helps breeze a little bit more um that's that's just my feeling you know i know that i know that they're not they haven't been the prolific offense that they were in the first part of the season but you know it it, a lot of that stuff doesn't really matter at this late this late and in these championship games it really just boils down to it doesn't who can sack up and play yeah i'm with you i got the saints so you'd like them to cover the number two i do yeah i I think i think i would take the saints to cover the number as well it it might be a close one but i think that they i think that they do all right so flip side kc three point favorites at home new england coming to town he got yeah man so this one is a tough one for me because uh i went against the patriots last week so my my brain tells me to not do this but i and also (laughs) You know, the entire season, I have told everybody how Andy Reid can't get it done um, don't you in do the playoffs. It. Don't you do it. I, I've told everybody don't, how don't how this do it. how this team is going to struggle moving down the stretch and that they're not going to have enough stamina and that we've seen them be the number one offense coming into the playoffs before. Don't you but do it. Don't you do it to me. The X factor, I think in this case, is Patrick Mahomes. And here's the reason I say that. Like I just mentioned a couple minutes ago, he is he's going to be new to this situation. He's in his second year, but he's he's kind of a rookie coming into this game. There's a difference with Mahomes though. So Mahomes comes from a family of professional athletes. I think he's seen things like this. I think he's prepared himself for things like this. I think he's going to be in a good position to win this game. And I'm going against the Patriots. I'm taking both teams at home. I'm going with Big Red and the Chiefs this week to win and cover. 
I hate that you're taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs too. <laughs> I I'm obviously we didn't talk about this beforehand. So you guys you, are getting this fresh. I told you last week not to bet against New England, right? Everybody was counting them out. They were at home and they just waxed the Chargers. And I am the type of guy, I'm always a favorite rider, right, when it comes to betting and picking games. You um, weren't with the Colts. I always roll tide. No, that was my, my one dog last week. I went three chalks and a dog. Oh, no, you I love Andrew Luck. I do love Andy Luck. Um, so, but I also like the Chiefs here. Uh, I think that, like I said, I, I watched that entire first game. Chiefs-Patriots, by the way, was an amazing game. Now, that was you know towards the beginning of the season. Um, but I thought Patty just came out a little bit excited, missed a couple throws high, and then once he settled in, they were rolling. But I think New England's playing really well also. They're, oh, of course, they're going to be well-prepared. They've got probably the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, you know, the way he sprinkles the ball around with his weapons, like, I mean, last week, Edelman was just everywhere, right? Like, he completely destroyed right. that team, and he's, you know, 5'9", and he was everywhere. So, like, what they do on offense still is amazing to me with the tools that they have. But I, I still... I still, I love Patty. I've loved them all year. I love Andy, and I think this is it. I think they get the job done. I hope they do. I've heard a lot of Andy Reid hate this week, yeah. uh, which I don't, I don't necessarily get. I, I mean, need, we need him. We need him to shake that moniker off, like of he can't win the big game and all that. Because when you look around at coaches in the NFL, it's really hard to name me a better one than Andy Reid. I, I agree. You with know you. what I mean? Like what he's done for how long he's done it. And like we were just talking about, look at the success that his coaching tree has throughout the league. Like it's really hard to name one that isn't, you know, that that, that does that's had a bad career coaching outside of Andy Reid. Right. He needs a Super Bowl. He needs another appearance. He needs to knock off the Pats. I'm going Chiefs. And by the way, I'm going to be rooting for the Chiefs. I am too. And I, you know, listen, this year I think with the weapons that he has this year, there's no more. Well, there's no there's no more excuses for Andy this year right no I mean no I mean if you think if you think to yourself and, and look at the four teams remaining if you could handpick the weapons uh that you could you know if you could take them from an offense who would be your top guys obviously Michael Thomas is probably the best receiver in the league maybe Julio top three receivers yep. in the league um but I think that I think the the biggest weapon is on the Chiefs and that's Tyreek uh, Tyreek Hill yep the, the fastest guy in the league. Yep. He, he's a playmaker. He's got star power. Yep. He, he can be wherever he wants to be in a matter in the blink of an eye. Yep. So with him, Kelsey, they're going to have Watkins going. Um, who am I forgetting here? Uh, Damian Williams now, who has stepped into that, that role and playing at the same level as Kareem Hunt. Uh, there's, and he brings a little bit of a different package. He's a bruiser, man. Like he runs hard. There, there's nothing missing from this offense. <laughs> no, they're just. So good. And actually what I was looking at this week, like Eric Berry's health could be an issue. Um, he's a guy like he's one of the guys, obviously cancer survivor, which is amazing. He's playing in the league. He's one of those guys like he's the best safety, top two safeties in the league when he's healthy. So, you know, big, big thing there. So that's something to watch for. But for sure. So we're both going Saints, Chiefs, Super Bowl. Yeah. I can't wait to watch the Patriots and the uh, Rams. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I heard someone this week uh, credit Will Kane's show. He was ranking uh, his Super Bowl outcomes and what we want to see, right? Like what matchups do we want to see? And that was 
easily like last, like dead last. What was the Rams Patriots Super Bowl? Like, who the hell cares about that? Yeah, I would still watch it. Let's well, of you course know, we're gonna watch let, it. Let's be let's be completely honest. I mean, the Rams have a, a nice little offense themselves. It's not like they're yeah. they're without weapons. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. They're they're they have a ton of weapons on that team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially if Gurley's is healthy. So you know, I, I'm not gonna be disappointed with the outcomes either way. But I am rooting. I am definitely rooting Chiefs. In terms of the NFC, I don't really care. I just hope it's a really good game. I think Breeze comes out. I'd like to see Breeze get another Super Bowl. I don't like Sean Payton, but I do like Drew Breeze. So if it's Saints-Chiefs, a little preview, you'd, you'd root for the Saints over the Chess? No, nah, I'm going with Andy. Yeah. I'm sticking with Andy. Andy. We're Andy, guys. I, people are going to hate that, but whatever. This city loves Andy. I don't care. Look, Andy gave us a Super Bowl because he got Dougie P here. The Eagles got a Super Bowl because of Andy. We love Andy. Andy's a Philly guy forever. You know, once he's done coaching, he'll be right up in the front office next to Lori. Making yeah, I think that would be great. 100%. I think it would be great with Doug on the field. Carson uh, will be in his, what, 10th year. We'll have a couple Super Bowls under our belt, and uh, FTH will still be here talking to you guys. That's true. One thing that we didn't really get into, but we can do it while we're, while we're jamming out the danger zone. But James Harden's just scoring stretch here the last couple weeks. What do you think about that? He's allowed to do whatever he wants. Dude, but it's awful basketball. Like, and they lose. Like, he puts up 58 and they lose. By the way, he scored 58 points with, like, one assist. In yeah. Game. It's so – it's like straight 1997. Give one guy the ball. Just let him do whatever. It's not good basketball. I mean, he's good, but it's not good basketball at all. No, I mean, but he's kind of incorporating all the new NBA things in – Get how he how he creates his own shot. We're taking a, taking advantage of a couple referees that steps, you know. <laughs> so he's taking advantage that way. He's taking advantage of the, the the move to the three pointer being so important in the NBA, and he's shooting it at like a forty percent. Oh flip, yeah, I mean, dude, it's on it's obscene. Everything that you want to say about James Harden, what you can't deny from him is how good he is offensively. It's unreal. He's guaranteed points because even if he wants to drive, he's either. He's making a circus play to, to get the ball in the hoop, or he's going to the line. That The other night, I forget the team. Maybe it was the Pelicans or um, I, I can't remember one of those Western Conference teams, and they end up losing the game. And the head coach afterwards, they're asking him about James Harden. He dropped like 58. Yeah. And what? he's just – after in his press conference, he just goes, I, I'm sitting there and amazed me. He's like, I, we're talking to the guys. like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to stop him. Yeah. He's unstoppable. Like, he, he is. He's we're, unstoppable. We're going to have to spend some time uh, on the next podcast getting into a little NBA after we uh, we wrap up here with football season. We're about to start getting hot and heavy with NBA, baby. We're about to start ma- getting uh, games that matter here. But no. that's all we got for today, guys and girls. Thanks, everybody, who jumped on the feed. Once again, as I said at the beginning, if you like the show, please share it. Give us likes. Give us clicks. Give us thumbs up. Helps us out. Be on the lookout for our new format coming soon to a stream near you. We're going to have some cool stuff this year. It's in development. Trust me. I won't let you down. Nikki's excited for it, too. Yeah. Ready to go. We'll see you guys probably next week. We will see you all next week for the Prof. Swag. See you.